And Ian Trache here for another episode of Discussions of Truth, incepted in on Windwood Radio in Miami in 2016. The first episode with Miriam Henning, uh, Vanishing of the Bees, January 2017. So I've just completed five years. We are now in our we are now we are now in our sixth year of uh, of of discussing truth right so digging out seeking out corruption to destroy it and it runs rampant folks it runs absolutely rampant in today's society globally i mean just think about it the this global banking mafia uh simply believes that they have enough people of the 7 billion that occupy the planet brainwashed enough to get what, what is it? I mean, what's the global population that's been vaccinated with these, uh, with these unproven, unpeer reviewed, uh, quasi vaccines are not even vaccines by definition. They're, they're not vaccines by definition folks. And if you've allowed one of these inoculations into your body, that's uh, your decision. But that's kind of the reason, one of the reasons that I do what I do is because you have the right to make the decision whether to be injected or raped by these pharmaceutical drugs or not. That's your decision. Okay, which means it's not then therefore a rape, but it is a rape. A mandate is a rape. A mandate is a rape. As far as I'm concerned, a mandate is a rape. And if your local government or your state government or your federal government, your national government is mandating you receive this injection. But I think we're we're kind of getting over those days right now. Now, now the quasi here's another quasi president. This guy, Joe Biden, right? He grabs grabs the the hand of the reporter yesterday to get under her cover. I mean. Pedophilia. Now, 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 I'm just going to come out publicly and say it. I've, I've had some slanderous terms thrown at me lately and, 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 and attacked. I've been attacked lately. I think many, many, many folks have, and certainly social media censorship is something I'm, you know, I've not, not a stranger to. I've been doing this for enough time that there's enough people that know my name. My name gets circulated out there. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden, is he part of that cabal? It certainly seems like it. Now, Donald Trump, I don't know. I don't know, but it does seem, you know, I know know, know, know Trump is pushing the vaccines, quasi-vaccines, Operation Warp Speed, but Biden, so so I think he's going to be ending the state of emergency. But folks, the United States has been in a military emergency now I have the actual documentation or the, the paperwork here, but 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 I do recall the the date, March sixth, I think it is, in nineteen forty three or forty five, I believe, is when um, when Franklin Delano Roosevelt declared a state of emergency for military purposes. That was so it must be forty three or forty four to get the United States into military uh, into World War Two, and the country has not been excused or uh, uh, released of that status since then. 
So that's why the Goldfin Fringe certainly predates that date, but that's why the Goldfin Fringe, Gold Fringe Frag is commonly used. That that gold gold fringed flag does not represent the United States and its people under the Constitution. It represents the army military that defends those people. Big distinction. That is maritime law, and it's not common law. Anytime you see a flag with gold fringe around it, that is maritime law. That is Roman law. Not common law hailed from England. Uh, Another big difference. Another, you know, these are important distinctions to make when going through the history to understand what is the root of the corruption. So without further ado, folks, enough of me, let's get into today's guest. Uh, we're going to call him on right now. He's a New York Times bestselling law author, award-winning author of numerous books in true crime, science fiction, military, nonfiction, political thriller, pa- pa- paranormal, and business management genres, Blaine Lee Pardo. Uh, and he will be discussing uh, Confederacy of Fear. Look, he's, hey, we'll, we'll get his story here. We'll get his story. We'll bring him on right now. Blaine Pardo. We're going to welcome him to discussions of truth. And uh, I thank you for listening. Hello. Blaine, Ian Trottier here. Welcome to discussions of truth, sir. Well, thank you for having me on. Well, it's quite a pleasure. You, uh, you've got an interesting story. Blaine, you have uh, written a number of books, and you've been writing books for the better part of four decades. Is that right? Absolutely. And you are no stranger to this cancel culture phenomena that is sweeping your nation. Blaine, take a moment. Welcome again to the program, and take a minute to introduce yourself to listeners. Well, I'm Blaine Pardo, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Um, won numerous awards for my writing, and uh, last year I got canceled by the uh, woke mob that's out there, but uh, I've kind of overcome that and got on to becoming a bestseller again, so. Well, that's that's great. So so cancel, by, by means of, you were attacked on various platforms, but I do know one thing is that you had had a, a, a stalwart in that sense of a, a reliable publisher that had been publishing your books for a number of years, uh, that uh, that because of a certain attack on you for whatever reason, be it this kind of woke culture that you allude to, uh, the publisher canceled you after many years. Talk about that. Yeah. I, I've been a writer uh, in a science fiction series called Battletech for 37 years um i had a crazy stalker um it was a person pretending to be a lesbian trans person who claimed i had hidden secret messages in my book that were conservative messages and that you know they were upset that i had written a conservative novel series uh political thriller and uh they began an earnest campaign to essentially have me removed uh, from this publisher, uh, initially the publisher supported me on this, but once this person uh, got um, the licensee involved with all of this, which was Fanatics and Tops, uh, my publisher, after all these years, just said, we're going to pay out all your contracts and we're not going to do any business with you going forward. Now, what what did that... <laughs> Okay, so that's that's bold. Was that a lucrative decision for them, or had ha, has this new publisher uh, 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 gotten the better part of your name and your 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 history? 
Well, the best part was five different publishers immediately started courting me. Uh, I signed a new agreement, and I'm actually outselling the stuff that I used to do it before um, with a new publisher called Wargate. Um, you because know, in the end, all I really wanted to do is tell good stories about great characters. Did this cost them financially? I don't think they'll see it directly, but yeah, I've I've had hundreds of people reach out to me saying that they're no longer going to buy those products because they're conservative and they feel like this was an attack on them. It wasn't just an attack on me. Um, you know, and I get that. I, I don't encourage it, you know, because I don't think protests work. But yeah, this has cost them some money, and it's cost them definitely some goodwill with their fan community. Because once you open the door for these woke social justice warriors and they get their foot in, you can't get rid of them. And they do nothing but move on to their next target and their next thing that they're offended by. Blaine, what was the reason that you were being attacked by this person? Do you have any writing, any uh, any type of substance at all in your previous work that attacks uh, a, a, a person's uh, lifestyle in that in that way sexually or uh, of that na- type of nature transgender trend any no. type of attacks in your literature <laughs> no but what they would do is and, and this is the tactics that the woke uses they go through they mine your social media and they find things and then they make up stories about it. now give me a good example Someone on Twitter posted a picture of Joy Behar from the view. And I posted simply up there, you could throw that woman in a pond and skim ugly for a week. That's all it was. It was a joke. Sure. Freedom of speech. As, this is a misogynistic attack. This is age discrimination. This is, you know, it was all this stuff. And it was like, no, I, you know, I'm just saying it's an ugly person. And, you know, I I made a joke about it, but that's what they do. They go through your social media and they pull stuff up and they go, aha, this is what, this is, this is an attack on this. This is something, you know, there's an underlying tone in everything. And, uh, you know, there wasn't anything. It, It was all baseless and foundless. Now the, the, the Battletech series has been uh, very lucrative, successful, um, it's a science fiction based uh, 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 series. Um, what uh, and Blaine and, and ironically, let me mention this because I've listened a little bit of your work, uh, 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 the, the interviews uh, that you've done. Uh, ironically, for listeners, uh, I understand Blaine that one of your kids is actually homosexual, has a homo is a homosexual practice, and 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 yet here you're being slandered for from anyway. You want to make a comment about that? Yeah, yeah, that was probably one of the most uh, egregious things was that they were like, you're being homophobic and stuff. And I'm like, my son's gay. You know, I, and my son and I have a great relationship. And, I, you know, I took offense at that, as did he. Yeah. He's like, you've always been supportive. Um, you know, for them to have said that, it was just, but this is, they don't care about the truth. What they care about is their narrative and their agenda. And so the truth kind of just becomes a victim in all this and, and real early on in these things. So Confederacy of Fear is your newest book. It's the third book of the, if I've got this right, the Blue Dawn uh, series. Um, and I want to get into that a little bit. Um, 
but to to kind of set the stage for that um yeah we've got a pretty interesting climate nationally i want to get at where these kind of social justice hero movements you know these people this guy this person that's attacked you uh when does this really incept in your view uh if you look at you know, kind of if you lay the map out for the United States coast to coast, is there any particular region that you see this coming from? Is it a particular university system? Is it a particular culture that resides in the United States? Where does it come from in your from your thought? Well, I hope you'll appreciate this. I think it comes really from the culture of handing out participation trophies and ribbons. Um, I don't think it matters geographically. These folks, you know, if you look at a profile of what these people are that do these campaigns and do this kind of cyber stalking and things, they don't hold jobs where they're actually productive in society. They usually have a menial job. You know, in the real world, they are of no consequence. So all they want to do is get online, spew their hate, throw out their vitriol, you know, venom. And that's where they get any sort of validation is just them being angry and upset and screaming and hollering. Uh, It's like having petulant children, you know, we've all seen people struggle with that. And it's just, it's ridiculous. But, you know, this is the, online is the only place that they have any sort of actual presence. Otherwise, they're just a face in the crowd. So the reason I asked that question, and and, and maybe this is a very broad generalization in in, in this particular case involving you is more of a kind of random self-gratification type experience for this individual that attacked you. But what I was thinking was the Black Lives Matter movement being funded by the Open Society, which is, of course, funded by uh, George Soros. Um, So I'm wondering if there's any type of larger, uh, uh, larger, big, uh, big box in that sense uh, operation that you were able to tie your personal attack to in, in that regard. I didn't find any connections along that way. Neither did law enforcement. I mean, because law enforcement investigated this case. This person threatened my life, and I had to go get a protective order against them. Um, You know, so law enforcement dug into this person pretty good. With the only, you know, he is a product of going to school and getting a philosophy degree, which tells you a little bit of, you know, what the schools are kind of putting out at this point. And, you know, he's, he came out a month ago and just said, Oh yeah, by the way, that whole persona of me being a trans person and a lesbian person, that's all fake. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I really wasn't, you know, which means all these quote unquote trans attacks that he was claiming I was doing, you know, we're out the window, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's absolutely ridiculous how these folks work, but I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a grand conspiracy yet. I wouldn't rule out anything at this stage. And you're using the term conspiracy, which uh, of course I, I use it. I, I, I use it frequently on, on my uh, podcasts and shows and because I, I don't stray away from that. I, I, I frankly blame, I believe that there is, there's a conspiracy in many different things. It doesn't just have to be in a, in, in form of a uh, government takeover or control or something of that nature. But I uh, am pointing out you, you use the word conspiracy, and, and and it could have been appropriate. 
Confederacy, Confederacy of Fear is your your your, your newest uh, book. It just released days ago. Uh, the, 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 the brief quote on it is a determined general. And by the way, you can buy this right now at amazon.com. Uh, 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 Blaine's website is blainepardo.com. That's P A R D O E. Um, get a copy right now. If you've got a Kindle, it's, uh, uh, it's discounted greatly. A determined general, a rogue operative. Here's a synopsis, a political refugee and an embittered family rise up against enemies of the land they call home. The war for the soul of the former United States rages from coast to coast in this explosive conservative political thriller. You, you, that's you know that's a word I don't know who wrote that, but 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 the word conservative appears in that. Blaine, uh, we've got clearly now now uh, two weeks ago I hosted another uh, New York Times best-selling author uh, that actually has a Islamic background from his heritage, and and Blaine he he's openly stating that the left. So he's divided in politics, right and left, and he's openly stating that their left, Blaine, uh, is essentially moving the country to a civil war. This is what this individual is now saying. I didn't say that. That's what he's saying. Uh, 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 you know, talking about his new book. Why do you use the word confederacy? What does that mean? Confederacy of fear, Blaine. Well, actually, the title came from when Joe Biden was elected. There was a meme that was out there that said he had been elected by a confederacy of fools. Uh, and it turned out it was a bogus quote, but I loved the, that vernacular to it. And to a certain degree, it just was something that resonated with me. It has nothing to do with the Confederate States of America or anything. But it, it, it really ties back to Joe Biden's election and that meme that was floating around. And I really wanted to take advantage of that when I did it. You know, my book is really on the Second American Civil War. And I started that in the second book in the series, The Most Uncivil War. We see the start of it, and this really is that escalation of that. To a certain degree, I think we are being pushed at very close to a, a point. As one person put it to me, he said, "We are, you know, the thing about your books that scares me is we're only one or two bad days away from the tyranny that you talk about here. And, and that's the reality of the world we're in right now. Why is it that now Robert Bruce, Bruce Spencer is the name of the author that, 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 that joined me. Um, uh, the Sumter Gambit is the title of his book. Um, why is it and how is it that the United States has gotten to this point? Uh, what is the main driving force behind it? Now, with that said, Blaine, let me just let me just mention, I, I, I frankly, about 15, maybe 20 years ago, one of the co-founders of Google, I read a quote, I don't know which one it was, had said that he believes th there should really be no party system uh, in, in the United States. And so, you know, then I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe the party system in itself is driving people to kind of make take a side or another. And then I'm thinking to myself, Blaine, well, you know, the most important thing is the, the Constitution. That's that's what protects you and I speaking freely right now. At least we, we at least that's how we live our life. Um, unless we're told otherwise, which we shouldn't be, um, you know, but but some of these basic elements, uh, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of press, uh, freedom of religion, which seem to be under full attack uh, in today's society. But is it the party system that's driving uh, driving the country to this drastic polarization? Uh, if it's not that blame, what is it? What do you see as, as an American citizen? What do you see? 
what I see right now is we've got one party that refuses to do any sort of compromise, refuses to negotiate. They vote as a block every single time, every single one of them. Uh, they ostracize anybody that even remotely breaks with that, you know, as we've seen with the senator from West Virginia mansion, uh, you know, and, and they literally are pushing a social agenda that no one voted for, that no one agreed upon. And they are pushing the elements of that out and are willing to go so far as to say, hey, you know, if you're not going to play ball, there's going to be retribution. I mean, AOC made that very clear. She said, you know, for the Trump supporters out there, we're keeping lists. There's going to be retribution. Uh, I've never heard that in American politics before. And it's startling to see that we have a party now that is basically fighting a war and the other half of the country doesn't even realize it. It kind of reminds me of 9-11. Uh, you know, if you read the 9-11 report, one of the opening lines of the 9-11 report said, you know, Islamic, you know, the Islamic fundamentalists have been waging war on the United States for years. It wasn't until the trade centers went down that the rest of the country knew it and realized it. And, and that's where we're at right now is this war is being fought as we speak. We just don't know that it's really happening. We keep telling ourselves calmer heads will prevail. There'll yeah. be a compromise. There'll be a middle ground that is found. Yeah. And, and we have a party that quite literally says, no, there's not going to be a middle ground. It's our way or no way. Yeah, I, I, I see I see this as well. Um, I, I like to dig a little bit further and see what possibly has caused these people to approach uh, their view that way, uh, you know, I mean, clearly it's, you know, Gavin Newsom, Newsom, right? I mean, uh, uh, he's, he's a prime example, I think, of, uh, of, of kind of my way or no way. Um, you know, what's the what's the philosophical to kind of piggyback off of the, <laughs> the studies, this fellow that attacked you? What's the philosophical approach to saying, no, this is the way this is the interpretation. There's no room for debate. Blaine, how does this. How does this develop? Let, let's say we, we certainly are in those early stages. Uh, I like to equate the political correctness and some of these attacks on uh, civil liberties as uh, what went on uh, uh, pre-Castro Cuba, certainly what, what, what went on in, 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 uh, in Venezuela uh, the past couple of decades. Um, it's, you've already used the term social agenda. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, what is it that this kind of develops into in, 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 in your view? And then then I also want to give I want you to give listeners um, a little bit of information about the, what they're going to get in the Confederacy of Fear. We'll talk about that a little bit. But 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 Blaine, uh, as an author, uh, how does this develop over the next uh, five, 10 years? What does it look like in this well, country? You know, we haven't had a tipping point yet. They like to project that the events on January 6th were an insurrection. And to them, that was a tipping point. And, and you and I both know that what we really saw there was a large-scale trespassing event, a protest. Um, we haven't had what I call the tipping point that, that really galvanizes both sides and to realize what's going on here. They keep trying to push this agenda, and they're talking now about rounding up you know, assault weapons, and I yeah. use that word loose, that phrase loosely. But, you know, and, and things along those lines, they're trying 
to ignite a problem. They ignore Antifa completely as a threat to the country. They keep saying it's right-wing extremists are the big threat. Yeah. But we haven't seen any evidence of that. You know, and where we have seen evidence, looking at, let's say, the Whitmer kidnapping attempt, where we have seen evidence of it, it's been the FBI who's been the one creating the crime. And, you know, when you look at that, you've literally got the state creating the crime that it will use as the impetus to declare war on the other half of the country. And that's where I think we're headed, to be honest with you. I don't, I can't tell you what that tipping of event could be. I will tell you if Donald Trump wins the election, that could very well be the tipping point. Much like when Lincoln won the election, that was the tipping point for the South to start declaring its independence. So, you know, a, a presidential election is a pretty galvanizing event. And if Trump were to win, I guarantee you that's going to be a tipping point for the rest of the country at this point. In in the history of the U.S., when was it? When was it? Was it? And, and I'm not. Yeah, I don't suggest that you aside with with any particular party. Um, it maybe sounds of that, that your newest uh, uh, publication is uh, takes a conservative approach. Uh, to the writing, uh, but when was it that you realized you've 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 uh, you've made made a a, a a suggestion about 9/11? When was it that you realized there was something going on in the country that just wasn't uh, wasn't right? I had a really good friend at, at my former place of employment, Ernst Young. Um, good friend. We we've been to dinner with them. We've been to their apartment. You know, we did things socially with them. I talked with my friend at work all the time. And the minute that Trump declared that he was running, and I said, I support, I, I think this is going to be a great campaign. I think he's going to win. And I, I declared it the day after he, he came down the escalator. I said, he's going to win. I, you know, this person came out and said, if you support Trump, you're evil. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> we've known each other. We, you know, we've broken bread together. We've been good friends for you know, decades at this point. You know I'm not evil, and she and, and her response was no. If you support Donald Trump, you're evil. Period. And I realized at that point in time we've we crossed we've crossed the river. You know we've crossed the Rubicon here, and there's no going back. That they literally have become so binary in their thinking that you know for a group of people that swear that they support non-binary stuff they became so binary that it's like if you don't agree with me you're the enemy you're it's not just that you're bad you're evil and and that was a tipping point for me because i said okay this this has gone way too far yeah so and 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 i was similar in the sense blaine uh i had taken a different uh, 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 approach to uh, kind of defending the Constitution is what I call it. But for me, it was the Zika virus in Miami Beach. And that's when I got went down the, the, the banking trail, the, the crimes in the banking industry. And they were supporting the government uh, through pharmaceuticals. Uh, and it was again, it was the Zika, Zika virus in 2016. Um, is, is whatever is manipulating this kind of let's use your, your term fear, uh, whatever's manipulating this fear, uh, what's its, what's its ultimate goal? Is its goal to simply throw the country into a divide and, and cause it to conflict with another, with, with one another, um, you know, left and right to get them to, to, to spar it out in the ring, 
or is there something else at play going on here? I think that they're very happy having Americans go after each other. And, and what a great way to take down a superpower is to have it embroiled in self-debate and, and and self-conflict you know it's easier than sending your troops in to fight a war you don't have to now you just destabilize the country by letting it go to its radical extremes and for all of their effort to kind of say oh it's the russians it's the chinese what we've seen through the twitter file releases etc is it really wasn't the russians all along it was our own government and and our own government is, is pushing for this you know and it's it's a strange state to be in but i think their their goal is if the united states is tied up with its own internal conflicts you know the other superpowers can go do what they want around the world and they're not that far off really so one of the things that one of the things that i frequently uh press on anybody that's in capitol hill and i was there about seven months ago is i i, I try to get them to look at the maybe have some comments on this, try to get them to look at the federal deficit and, and why it is that really regardless of political party, the, the, this kind of uh, this international agenda, I mean, uh, you know, Biden leaves Afghanistan in kind of a state of chaos, it gets out of there, but, but, but really the, the international agenda continues, you know, from the bushes and the middle East and these oil wars. Uh, that's what I call them oil wars. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the federal deficit, the tax, the American taxpayer uh, money just keeps getting thrown down the toilet, and um, and 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 the the deficit uh, continues to spiral out of control. Um, does it tie into money somehow? What's going on here? It does. There, there's this not going to compromise on reducing that deficit, and they're using it to fund basically unproven social agendas and, and i include the quote-unquote climate change agenda there yeah. you know because wow. when all is said when all is said and done with climate change i've been to india i've been you know overseas you know it's not our country that's the problem it's it's the third world countries and countries like india and china and russia and you're never going to convince them no matter what you do to to you know not pollute because they don't care if their people die from it or anything else it's not a priority for them um you know a lot of it is where they're using money to push this you know we're going to change our society and make it better type programs and you know no one has stood up to them until this recent discussion about the debt ceiling yeah yeah um and that's that's kind of the approach that I take as well, Blaine. I had a former, well, retired Brigadier General, U.S. Air Force, on the show, and he wrote a book, kind of attacking China and saying uh, that there 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 is a there's there's an apparent from a military standpoint there is an apparent stealth enemy is exactly what uh, Robert Spalding said a stealth enemy, and he's equating that to the Chinese. I'm taking a more of a different approach, I, more along the lines of, of what you've taken there, Blaine, and that it has to follow the money. It has to do something with this deficit and the controlling entities uh, over that deficit. Um, and then again, you're a pri you're bringing a prime example from a personal experience of one of these social uh, upheaval, these social disruptive attacks on kind of tearing down that fiber that keeps the country together, strong, united, and then breaking that down uh, to destroy it. 
And uh, and to piggyback up on what you said, it's really kind of ingenious because you're not rolling in international troops. You're not fighting uh, arm in arm. You're 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 going in a very sophisticated way to completely uh, weaken the country on a social level. Um, and and of course, then also create a narrative that the police are the enemy, which is absurd to me. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, I, you destroy these police departments. That's absurdity. You have comments on that? Well, you know, when, when all is said and done, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, we've got an agenda that's out there right now that says, look, let's remove punishing criminals, which in essence punishes victims. And that's the side that always gets failed in all of this. And, and I live outside Washington, D.C., and they've just pushed through a criminal reform package, which basically doesn't put criminals in jail for, uh, except for exceptional crimes. And so, you know, this is going to cause chaos. And the police chief came right out and said, look, this is going to increase crime. But the entire city council voted for it. Um, they are literally looking at ways to, to destabilize this country. And I think part of it is if they destabilize it enough, they can come in with a hammer on the back end and, and be the totalitarians that they really want to be. And we saw a glimpse of that during the COVID crisis. We went from, look, we've developed a vaccine. You should take the vaccine too. If you don't take the vaccine, we're going to end your job, destroy your career, out you socially, you have become a pariah. We're going to, you know, they tried to even push for, you know, you won't be able to go get health care because you didn't take the vaccine. You know, they've given us a glimpse of literally how far they're willing to go. And it's a little bit scary. And then you roll in the, you know, these programs to rewrite our American history, to change our American flag, to tear down our monuments and our, our icons that make America, such as, you know, Madison and Jefferson, etc., simply because they own slaves. You know, it's, it's crazy. And they're getting away with it. And they're pulling it off. And it's amazing to me. But most Americans aren't willing to fight over that. So we haven't had that tipping yet. Yeah, yeah. And if they're successful in, 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 in something I've uh, written about on my uh, on my second my second book is uh, the Mao Zedong China, uh, where that's that's one of the key victories that he had under his regime was taking away public ownership of weapons. And once those weapons, once the once that right to defend was taken, uh, that's when I think he slaughtered the majority of the people he slaughtered. Uh, and he 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 took down a lot more lives than uh, Hitler and Stalin put together. Um, so, oh, absolutely. Uh, so, 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 Blaine, uh, Confederacy, Confederacy of, of Fear, and and let's get into that just briefly. I want you to whet the appetite for listeners. I can they can buy that book right now, Amazon.com. Uh, Blaine, let me thread this in here real quick. Uh, how does tech, big tech, and the advances in tech uh, play into what's happening on that social landscape? uh in in the u.s now that's a broad question so let me let me narrow it down a little bit how is how does the how does the attack on individual freedom and liberty play in from from that angle in your view well what we've seen through the twitter files our own government has been in league with big tech to censor half of the country to mute 
half of the country. And we've always seen the Twitter file side of this. I guarantee you, if you go to Facebook or, and Google, you're going to find that that influence was pushed everywhere. And it's really a dark moment because it is government censorship. It's a violation of the Constitution, and everyone knows it. These big tech companies need to be monitored. They need to be treated like a utility yeah. and, and so that they don't block anything. Let common sense and public opinion decide what's right and what's wrong. They shouldn't be in the censorship business because they've demonstrated and it's been well documented that they are incapable of doing it and doing it right. Well said. Thank you very much, Blaine. Okay, so Confederacy of Fear, we'll wrap up with that. We'll spend the last few moments talking about the Confederacy of Fear. Um, what caused you to write the book? Uh, what can uh, what can readers expect? What can listeners expect from uh, from from it? And then and then and then what's next for you after after uh, Confederacy of Fear? Oh sure. Well, the Blue Dawn series is the progressives have overthrown the government. They've rounded up conservatives, put them in social quarantine camps. They've done away with the flag. They've done away with our history. They've implemented reparation points where neighbors can turn in neighbors for points that they can cash in. It is literally giving the progressives everything that they've asked for. They have a national security force, you know, the federalization of the police. I give the, the progressives everything that they want in the Blue Dawn series. And what's happened is five years later, people are realizing they are living in a totalitarian regime. And it's everything that we, we've been talking about on this call. And this is that uprising. And it's what does it take to cause the impetus to start a second American Civil War? Not necessarily to restore what we had, but get back to a sense of normalcy. And I really wanted to capitalize on that in the Blue Dawn series and in the new book, because that's what this is really about is, you know, people are going, look, I don't want to roll the clock back. I just want to get back to where I'm not dreading turning on the news every day. And, you know, it's so partisan and things are so vitriol. I, I, I just want to get back to where things are not so horrible. And that's what these people are fighting for. And, and this is the American Civil War, but it's in a very different vein because it's very real world based. And, it, and it's what the struggle would look like in our country right now. Wow. Sounds uh, sounds incredibly enticing, Blaine. And you're very well versed on the direction the country that I concur seems to be heading, uh, the social credit system. You've, you've alluded to that right there. Um, thank you very much for doing the work that you do. Uh, some closing comments. Uh, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, right now, Blaine Pardo, that's B-L-A-I-N-E-P-A-R-D-O-E, BlainePardo.com. Buy the book. Blaine, thanks for joining the program. Some, some closing thoughts and final words, uh, please, for listeners. Well, you know, we all believe that this can't happen here. And the best comment that a reader gave me was, I read your book, I loved it, and it pissed me off. Because I realized it was so possible for this to happen. And a lot of people, I think, out there feel that. If you do, this is a good series for you to read. Sounds di sounds dynamite. Uh, Blaine, I look forward to speaking to you uh, again, speaking with you again. And again, thanks for joining the show. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.
ladies and gentlemen, Blaine Pardo. Uh, this is, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know Blaine. It's the first time we've ever spoken. Um, I've had some regulars on the show. Mark Shaw. We just, just wrapped another show with him. It was our fourth, my, my fourth show with Mark. Uh, it's, it's Mark and his research that has, uh, that caused me to write the book. He, frankly, he says, Ian, you're doing all this great work. This was, uh, when I was on Winwood radio and he says, Ian, you, 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 you uh, you've got to write a book. And I thought, I write a book. <laughs> I consider myself writing a book. He says, he says, you're doing some great work. Now, this is a guy that's been a legal analyst for cases, uh, the Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant case. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, OJ Simpson, uh, uh, I think, uh, Mike Tyson, an analyst for ESPN, ABC, um, defense attorney in California, Purdue university educated, smart guy, real smart guy, similar to the reason I'm thinking of, uh, Mark is because it's similar to Blaine. Here's a guy that's been writing books for many, 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 many years. Now, Mark hasn't been attacked the way that Blaine is attacked. Uh, and in Blaine's case, it just so happened that the person that deplatformed him, the publisher had been with for a couple decades, sounds like, um, his new publishers, uh, cashing in in a sense, right? So it's more lucrative for the, for the new, the new publisher. And you heard him say it, he had five offers right off the bat. Um, but this is, this is what's happening. My point here is this, I, I don't know who Blaine Pardo votes for politically. I didn't ask. You may have noticed. I didn't ask him. I don't care. It's none of my business. What's important to me, and this is why I continue to stress this with you folks, people that listen to me, what's important to me are the, the freedoms that you have, that the Constitution gives you. No, the Constitution does not need to be rewritten. You want to get an amendment to it? Give it an act of Congress. Okay, Reparations? That's insanity. The United States has created more uh, uh, productivity and more opportunity for the average individual than any other country that's ever existed in the, in the history of the planet, from what we know. No, reparations, that's ridiculous. Okay? Uh, this is my opinion. This is my view. But here you have, here you have an individual openly stating, I have a gay son. Okay? Uh, yet he's being attacked for being a homophobe. Yet his son is also saying, hey, I feel like I'm attacked too. And I'm going to mention this to you if you know anything about my work over the past few years. The reason I do this work is because of my former best friend, uh, he's deceased now, nothing to do with COVID or the vac- the, the so-called vaccine, the injection, the inoculation, I call it. Uh, and that's because the, uh, the, the learned elders of Zion, the protocol, uh, it was is it 12, uh, protocol 12 calls for inoculation of the masses. This is not, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is real stuff. Coming down the pipe, folks. Really happened. Um, read it to you right here. It's protocol number 10. And the quote is, to attain our ends, we must foment trouble in all countries. Utterly exhaust all humanity with dissensions, hatreds, struggles, envies, torture, starvation. Okay, a lot of that's happening right now in the United States. is being torn apart socially. People don't respect one another. And the final few words of this paragraph in the protocols of learned elders of Zion, protocol number 10, is the inoculation of diseases. You hear it right there, otherwise known as injections or vaccinations, if you choose. Um, so the question becomes, 
who are were the learned devils of Zion? I think it was initially published in Russia in the first decade of the of last century. Um, do they still exist? I don't know. Do the skull and bones exist? Absolutely, the skull and bones exist. This is well documented. Yale University. Bushes were a member of it. Rockefellers had tied to it. The Skull and Bones, part of the Illuminati Association out of Bavaria, Germany? Yes. Adam Weishaupt is the link there. Yes. This is well documented. This is not theory. This can very well be conspiracy. And if you listen to my work, then you realize what the roots are of the conspiracy. And it's exactly how I mentioned it. It's the people that are controlling the financial strains of the debt that the United States is into. Because America, you and me, Americans, we do not control our country financially. We do not. $31 trillion debt. We do not control our country financially. And that is what every one of you right now should be sending that message out to all of your friends and family and politicians anywhere you know them. This is my view. This is the root of the problem that's causing the country to spin into control. And I've now had two guests on the show, New York Times bestselling authors. That's a pretty darn good credential right there. Both of these individuals, one by the looks of it, Blaine, of a European, Northern European ancestry, you may call that white, and Robert of last week of a Islamic Middle Eastern uh, ancestry, okay? They're both saying the same thing. And even though Blaine came out and said that he thought Trump would make a good president, and I concur, and I actually say that, yes, he did make a good president. I don't know if he's part of the deep state. I don't know that. You'll see on my website that I met him. I was very fortunate to meet him. He had some nice, a nice thing to say about me. His daughter was very gracious and nice. I, so I met I met some people that were very close to him. I met him. I do, is he part of this great reset? I do not know. I don't know. But I know he's fighting for the country more than Biden certainly is. And Biden is only caving into the continued fray, divide, and destruction of the country. Uh, he's part of the swamp. He's been in D.C. for 40 years. Okay, He's a Pelosi, if you will. And uh, I've not met Pelosi. I've met Feinstein. I've met uh, Newsom. Yeah, I met some great people. Or no, I mean, I, I'll call them great people. Okay, well, whatever. I don't take that literal. But I've met some uh, commonly known people. Um, it is what it is. The country's in a divide. Let me get back to Blaine. I what my point here is this: you, 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 we're we're getting to a point now in this country where. You take, and I've met Mark personally, okay? I met Mark Sharp personally. We sat down. He treated me at breakfast. Um, I would not label him as a conservative. I, I wouldn't, personally. I've never asked him. But my guess is that he's not. I don't know if he is. I've never asked him. It's not my business. It's like Blaine. I didn't ask him. I don't care, right? Uh, what these two gentlemen care about is the freedom to write their research, a la Anthony Sutton out of Stanford. He was hired by the Hoover Institute for his research. Then he ends up leaving Stanford. Uh, because they were censoring his research. This is in the 70s. Okay, this is kind of the first the first well-accredited individual that I started reading and listening to, that there was a problem in this country. Anthony Sutton, I speak about him all the time, probably mention his name every four episodes, three episodes, if not every episode. Um, but here you're basically getting people like Blaine Pardo. He's been writing for a few decades, but now clearly he's moving his literature toward a conservative political thriller. 
conservative political theory. He's moving it to a the political theatrical, if you will. I'm, I'm using the term theater. Okay, I'm using the term theater because it's it, it reflects what I view as happening in D.C. It's theater. Because remember, I told you that none of us are controlling the country financially. None of us are. We are not. We do not. Federal Reserve is not controlled by Americans. The Federal Reserve is a private organization. It's controlled by the bank. From my research, you can prove me wrong, the Bank of International Settlements through its ties to the Bank of England and the City of London. This is a Roman issue, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Roman issue. But if you want to scale it back, you can say it's a Swiss international banking issue. And if you want to scale it back, you can say it's simply an American issue, an American debt issue. And that's why you should get on the phone or email right now and contact every one of your politicians and tell them to get this debt out of control. Uh, because without controlling your debt, then you're not controlling the theater in that term. So anyway, so Blaine's moving his literature to that genre, if you will, away from his very successful sci-fi genre. Um, and, uh, and that is, uh, um, and that is, <laughs> that's the United States that, that we, we are all now living in. Do not, folks, do not give up your constitutional rights. They are worth fighting for in every aspect of the word fight. And I'm talking about a civil legal, calm, peaceful fight. That's what I'm talking about. But you must fight. You must raise your voice. You must write your emails. You must make your calls. You must voice your opinion. That's how I define fight in that regard. But your constitution is worth fighting for in that regard. Now, that means retaining your right to self-defense. It is your constitutional right to be able to defend yourself, your family, your community, and your constitution. Uh, and your right to free speech, free press, and free freedom of religion. Those are, the, those are the main rights that I see. Label them for right to self-defense, right to uh, free speech, right to free press, right to religion. Four. Those are the four basic and key rights that every American deserves to live by. And if you give those up, as you're continuing to do, then you and your country will fall. That means you. Because if a country falls, you fall. And it may be you that gets thrown into one of these encampments that Blaine had just talked about, that he, was, that he, that he writes about in Confederacy of Fear. fear. That were a... Staunch and dark and cold reality for Germans under the Hitler regime. And if you don't think that can happen in the United States, you need a wake-up call. If listening to me doesn't wake you up, read Blaine's book. And if Blaine's book doesn't wake you up, stay sleeping. Stay asleep. And if it's up to you. It's your right. You know, if this is a conspiracy theory, that's your choice. But I'm simply telling you that regardless of your political party, Republican or Democrat, what's worth fighting for? Because your party may not be worth fighting for. But what's worth fighting for is your constitution. And if that falls, 
you will fall to. This has been another discussion of truth. Again, Blaine Pardo, B-L-A-I-N-E-P-A-R-D-O-E.com, Blaine Pardo. Blaine Lee Pardo, again, is a New York Times bestselling author. He's no lightweight, folks. He's, he's no lightweight. And he's blatantly coming out and saying, look, there's a problem in America. And you need to stand up. So until next time, folks, um, thanks for listening. Pass the, pass the episode along. Confederacy of Fear at Amazon.com. You can follow me. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. Ian Trottier, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com. And this is my sixth year I've been doing this. And I do it for you. I'm self-financed. You want to contribute, make a contribution. You can do that at iantrottier.com, I-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Com. And I recommend while you're there, click on a couple of the recent articles that I've written. Uh, I don't get into the social credit system that's happening right now in China. That, that, that is the agenda is to implement it here in the United States globally. I don't get into that. Sounds like Blaine does in, in Confederacy of Fear. But read some of the other articles. I take more of a, I spend a lot more of my time going through the history of the country and where it came from and the tyranny that it left to be created. And don't forget, folks. From the time Washington uh, uh, created the Continental Army and that declaration Declaration of Independence was created in 1776, from that time to Plymouth Rock, it was over 150 years, right? Uh, about 150 years. 150 years. How old are you? You're not 150. I, I'd, I'd put money on that. And it, it's likely that you're not even half of 150. So there were freedom seekers that sailed the Atlantic from England. I think it was Dartmouth. Uh, that sailed England, the freedom seekers in the 1630s, if I'm right. 32, I think it was. Landing in this continent that were here for 150 years before a constitution was adopted and a country was created and founded. That's a long time. That's well, how, old, how long is a generation? What do you consider a generation? 30 years? Right? So that's many generations. It's many generations. It's, it's five. It's a lot. It's a long time. So... Um, now, how, how much time are you, do you have on the planet? None of us really know, but how much time have you had? And you may simply not have much longer of a choice. Five years, 10 years, 10, 15, 20, 30. How much longer do you have before one of these powers takes control of your will? That's why I'm saying I urge you not to side with either party. You need to stand up and side with your constitution. And if one of the parties reflects those values, then side with that party. Okay. Ian Trottier here, discussion of truth. IanTrottier.com, T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R-I-A-N.com. And until next week, folks, be awesome.